Hey everyone, welcome to They Teach That, a podcast about film, video, and television production programs in our schools. I'm your host, Kevin Patterson. Our guests this week and I share a common love for college football, and more specifically, Florida State football. Uh, College football is this unique, dynastic sport in America. Teams don't just show up onto the scene in a given year and find themselves with a chance to compete for a national title. Their schedule, which has been predetermined years in advance, becomes a major factor, uh, and their reputation established over years tends to help or hurt them, and it wouldn't be a stretch at all to say that it's probably a little unfair. Uh, You could just ask students at the University of Central Florida about that. Uh, They're just a few miles down the road from me right now. Uh, But the point I'm getting at is this. College football can often be a long-term game, one where your success is not determined by the combination of players in a given year, but by the culture of your program built by years of work and commitment. And the TV production programs that we advise are somewhat similar in that way. Uh, Success won't just happen in a given year. It has to be built and established over time. Uh, For a new teacher especially, it can be an arduous task turning around the culture of a class. Many of us have probably watched video segments and broadcasts uh, from more established programs at some point and thought to ourselves, dang, how did they do something that good? Well, Ben Barnholt has one such program at Whitney High School. Day in and day out, they produce a phenomenal product for their school. The writing, anchoring, the videography, uh, they are all just more often than not, they're nothing short uh, of incredible. And and so today we'll pick Ben's brain about what he's built out there at uh, his school in Rockland, California. Uh, Some of what we're going to talk about is how their class structure has evolved into what it is today. How we had a weekly show. We for about four or five years we were a weekly show, and that was our show Unleashed. But after a couple of years, the kids were like, "Well, you'd have to go to YouTube or somewhere online to watch the feature show Unleashed, where the kids are in the in the class are being forced to watch our announcement show. So why don't we take those feature stories and just play one a one a one per day for that week? How they strive to produce an engaging product each day." Um, there was a core group of staff leaders in the sports class a couple years ago that said, what does our audience really want? What will bore them? What is repetitive and redundant? Let's take that out. And um, let's just focus on what could change every day so it's unpredictable. And let's keep it simple. And how their kids have played a role in developing their culture of success. They were just so emotionally in. And I, and I think, I don't know how that translates into awards, but... They, they, they told better stories because they wanted to do that for each other. So before you listen to this conversation, I highly recommend that if you haven't watched anything from Whitney High yet, uh, hit pause on this and go to WCTV19.com. Watch some of what they, they've done this year. Uh, I think you'll undoubtedly be impressed. Uh, in our conversation, you'll hear us refer to one of his former students, a girl named Sarah, and that would be Sarah Murphy, who was the 2017 uh, STN National Student of the Year. So I just wanted to uh, give you that bit of background info right there. Um, like all of my conversations thus far, uh, this one was recorded at the end of the summer of 2017. So keep that context in mind as you listen. And without further ado, let's get to it. So I am here with Ben Barnholt. Ben, how are you doing today? Uh, doing good. A little hot. 106 today in Sacramento. So a little warm outside. Ooh, yeah, I'm. Uh, uh, we're, we just finished up with a tropical storm at the time of this recording uh, here in Florida. So uh, today wasn't uh, 
uh, too bad. Had a, a little fresh air behind the tropical storm, but uh, we just don't have the humidity that you guys have out there. So that's the yeah. only difference. Yeah. So uh, I don't feel sorry for you at all. Then yeah, yeah, you're right. Good point about that. Um, all right. Well, Ben, uh, I want to kind of get into uh, talking about your program. You are a teacher at uh, Whitney High School, WCTV in Rockland, California. Um, tell us first, Ben, who is uh, Ben Barnholt and how did you uh, get involved into teaching? So um, I grew up in northern Nevada and uh, went to high school just south of Carson City, the capital, and then went to uh, Reno, Nevada, Reno, to go to college. And midway through college, um, I, you know, I kind of grew up, I love sports. I'm a huge sports fan. And so um, I kind of grew up uh, loving watching sports on TV because in northern Nevada, you didn't really get a chance to go to any professional sports. And so that was always kind of my background. And then when I went to Nevada, I uh, started and wanted to um, get into broadcast TV. And my best friend, his aunt, was the executive producer for Brian Williams for over 20 years and followed him all the way to the to the nightly news. And we went out to visit her one time and she took us to Secaucus, New Jersey, where they used to do MSNBC's news show that Brian Williams hosted. And we went to the control room and then we met Brian Williams and sat down with him for about an hour and he was so gracious and nice. And when I went in the control room and I watched what they did, I was like, I have to do that. And, and the energy, the enthusiasm, the unpredictability, I was locked. I had to, I want to do something with TV. And then I went back to Reno, switched my major to, to uh, journalism. And then in journalism, they make you take two years of a foreign language. And one of the requirements when you're doing the foreign language is going to work in a, a school where uh, ESL English as a second language is a big need. And so I worked with a couple kids and I was like, well, I love TV. I love broadcast. I love journalism. But I found a passion in teaching. So um, from there, I got an English degree and uh, started teaching English and was a newspaper advisor in Las Vegas for six years. And then I moved to um, Sacramento, um, in Rockland specifically, which is about 15 miles northeast of Sacramento. And I've been teaching broadcast here full time, no more English. Even though I have a, like I have a national board uh, certification in, in language arts, um, I haven't taught English in now going on 11 years. You know, like, okay, so how did you transition from uh, newspaper into broadcast, like what kind of uh, set you set the stage, I guess, for for that transition. So when I went after we got back from that trip back east and met Brian Williams, uh, I came back and I was going to school full time, and I started working at the local CBS station as a production assistant. I just wanted to be a part of TV, so I was I was getting up, I was working the morning shift, and I would do camera. I'd, I'd cut tape for the show, I'd run the tapes during the show, I would do whatever they wanted, and then I end up moving. Um, to the NBC station in Reno because they had a news opening to edit the noon show. And so I was super involved in TV. And then I worked for free um, after my shifts were over to become a photographer, a photog, and go out with a reporter. And so I was, I kind of had learned the news business by working in the news business. And so when I got into teaching and, and doing the newspaper, I kind of had the the idea and the structure of learning print because that's what a lot of it was at, at UNR, uh, was print. And so I got that skill in the writing. I kind of had an idea of how to run and work in the newsroom because of the TV aspect, but the TV side of it was gone. I didn't, I didn't, didn't get to do broadcast. And then when um, my wife and I wanted to leave Las Vegas because she's from there and we wanted to kind of, in a sense, go to college because we both grew up and went to college in the area where we grew up, we wanted to move somewhere we didn't know anybody and kind of grow personally as well as professionally. Um, they had a broadcast opening here and um, I sent them a really, I sent them my principal a reel of stuff that I did as a photographer 
at the NBC station in Reno and Vegas. And um, she said, you know, you have the credential um, what, and the national board so I could go straight to California and teach. And uh, she was willing to take a risk that I could figure out how to teach broadcast journalism. Now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Whitney High School is a it's a newer school. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I think we're going ne- this next year. We're starting our 12th year. OK, so and you came in. When, did you come in when the school first opened? Uh, two years after it opened. Uh, yeah, it, it had opened and then one full school year and then uh, second year because they had one graduation that I'd missed. So it has been open. We're actually going on our 13th year and I missed the first two. I've been here for 10. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so your program is just absolutely just jaw, jaw dropping. Um, when, you know, I, I'll sometimes I'll pull up what you guys have done um, and uh, sh- show my kids a uh, couple of your episodes. And, you know, it just immediately stands out to everyone, uh, just the look of your newscast. And a lot of it, uh, you know, a good, well, a good part of that's because of the set, just the look of the set just, you know, looks so professional. Um, it just has such a very uh, a clean and efficient and and very sleek, smooth look to it. Um, tell us about your guys' broadcast, the product that that your students put out uh, every day, and kind of what that, how it kind of became what it is today. Well, uh, thank you very much. That's it's very humbling and and uh, flattering. I appreciate the kind words. It's it's you know like you're going through the same thing. It's a lot of it's a lot of work, and and we're, what we're asking these kids to do is for free. Like we don't pay them anything. Um, and so there's got to be pride. There's got to be buy-in. There's got to be almost that kind of legacy of like, hey, this is what we've done. Now I want to make it my own. And, and so that's kind of what we go on. And if you were to, what you see on the screen, if you could pull the camera back, I think that is one of the more impressive parts because what you look at is a backdrop um, that is probably, the backdrop is probably the most expensive things that we have. One of the teachers from uh, Florida um, gosh, I can't, I gotta remember his name. It's a, the school is like yeah, green, um, maybe Pinecrest. Dave, Dave Burgess or Burgess. Yeah, he, yeah. I got in contact with him at one of the STN conventions and, and he had just bought this background, uh, from one of the, for, through STN. Um, and that, that is probably the most expensive thing we have and there's like 1200 bucks, but it's hung up by gas pipe that I bought from Home Depot that I could attach to the wall by zip ties and lights that you'd get at Walmart, you know what I mean, that, that light it. And so the, the, the sports set that you see, our athletic director told me, he's like, hey, I'm cleaning out one of the locker rooms. Um, we're throwing all the stuff away. And I was like, wait a second. So we went down and just got the best locker um, lockers that we could find with the, the gates, the, the front door on the front of it still, that we just kind of banged out, spray painted them and, and tried to light them the best we can. But it's really, you know, we're, we're, we try to look professional on a high school budget, which is no money, you know? Well, you guys do certainly do a fantastic job of it. Um, tell us about the, the content uh, that your students create for your broadcast. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it just seems so well organized and, uh, you know, it seems like you guys have a, a very nice structure and a really, uh, established hierarchy. Um, tell us about how that works and, and how your class kind of operates in that way. Well, I'm really, uh, type A and so like, and everything's really organized and, and structured. And so the kids kind of know they can take a risk with doing their story or they can take a risk with shooting their video but they're going to meet that deadline. And, and that is a really, like, well, I think over the last 10 years, I think we maybe missed two deadlines of stories 
that have not gone out to air because they push themselves. And if so, I'll, we'll kind of air something that might be, not be the best quality, but the, the victory was meeting the deadline and feeling that accomplishment of like, hey, that is the, that's maybe not the best I could have done, but my stuff aired to the school and I made the commitment to the kids in the class. And so um, we do have kind of a tiered structure of, of staff leaders in the class, um, but the kids also know there's a no, you're not grandfathered in. So if you take broadcast two, you're not guaranteed to take broadcast three. You're going to reapply every single year um, and be in the pool of all the candidates. And we're going to take the best, hardest working, the, the kids who really want it to, to be in the class every single year. So um, it, it is, we, we essentially have, I, I teach four intro classes and three advanced classes. And the three advanced classes are very specific. One's a broadcast journalism class, one is a sports journalism class, and one is a video production class. And each one of those classes has 30 kids in it. And so I, my, uh, I'm, I'm accountable to my principal by saying, listen, I'm gonna, fi- like, like our class sizes are 32 to one. So um, I can't have 15 kids in the class and then the art teacher who teaches an elective, she has 35, that's not fair. So I have to guarantee him I'm gonna have at least 32 kids in the class. And then in the broadcast journalism class, um, they're responsible for a feature package every three weeks. And so the fourth week, they take a break and do the announcement show that you watch. And, um, the, and then in the production class, they're responsible for a commercial or PSA every three weeks. And in the sports class, they're responsible for a highlight package. So when you watch the show, it's, it's kind of one broadcast feature story, one commercial and one highlight package um, that has been turned in the previous Wednesday that will air the following week. All right. Now, uh, I would imagine that what the current product that you guys put out that has uh, now uh, won a Broadcast Excellence Award three years in a row, uh, I imagine it, it hasn't always looked the way that it, it looks now. Tell us about you know, the journey over the last uh, 10 years that you've been teaching at Whitney High School and um, how your, your, what your kids have produced has kind of evolved over those 10 years. Um, okay. When I got here, I told you earlier, my principal said, you're going to... Um, have a daily announcement show where you're going to say, okay, you know, the Rotary Club is meeting on Wednesday at noon. Um, we're going to have uh, a rally or assembly on Friday. Make sure that you wear maroon. And to me, that was not what I learned at the STN camp with Dave Davis. It was not journalism. There's no storytelling. So we originally, um, we would do the daily show, but then we would also create feature packages and we would, um, have, we had a weekly show. We, for about four or five years, we were a weekly show. And that was our show unleashed. How we had a we weekly would, show. We, we do for two about four or five years. Commercial a weekly break. show. Two feature and stories, a commercial break, and then one feature. And that would be our journalism. That was what my heart, my passion was into. But after a couple of years, the kids were like, "Well, you'd have to go to YouTube or somewhere online to watch the feature show unleashed, where the kids are in the in the class are being forced to watch our announcement show. So why don't we take those feature stories and just play one a, one a, one per day for that week? So we'd have five features. We'll play them Monday through Friday. And so that's how our Unleashed show kind of evolved from a weekly to a daily. And um, sometimes they get a little bit long. Like sometimes if, if it's homecoming week, our show could be close to 15 minutes, but usually they're about 10 to 11 minutes. And that's kind of the evolution of how we started as two shows, a daily announcement show plus our weekly feature show to now we're just one daily show. Nice. Um, yeah. So you talked about how you, you, you students really wanted to get a, a daily product out so that the student body was seeing it, and um, that's something that you know I, I personally just believe is really important. Um, that you know you, 
that our students are able to produce a product that is being judged and, and kind of critiqued by their peers, that they're able to get a product out and, and really see what the reaction of their peers are so they're getting that instant feedback. Um, tell us about the, the value you feel like your broadcast has both for your students and the student body at your school. What, what do you think um, or, or what have you seen as far as like the value that it brings to your, your school campus? It just helps uh, create buy-in and and specifically what you're talking about there with, with the stories and their names. Like if you watch one of our shows, when they introduce, the anchors introduce the feature package or when we come out of the commercial break or after a sports highlight package, the kids' names are specifically said and, and the, that adds credibility to their story, like, hey, that's who did it. But what it literally does is around the campus or in the classroom, they're saying those kids' names. And it, and it adds a little bit of a layer of pressure, like, wait, they're going to say, this is my story, and then you're going to have to watch it. So it, it better be pretty good effort because you're going to have to face those kids for the next day or so as they remember that one story. So that's kind of one of the reasons why we do that. Um, but I think what it, what it has done is, you know, the, the culture of our campus um, kind of grows through what we do on our daily show because we're giving them, hey, here's what's coming up later, the, later today or later this week. And we, we have a captive audience. So, you know, 1,900 kids, in theory, have to watch that show every single day. And um, it's, it's kind of the place of where the kids know to get their news for the day. Awesome. Uh, you know, one major part of high school is uh, uh, definitely sports. Um, actually, when uh, we got judging feedback on a show at the state level this past year, um, one of the judges made it a point, uh, and it was a, a point that I thought was really interesting about sports, saying that sports really accounts for probably like 25% of a student's high school experience. Even if they don't play sports, just, you know, they have friends just going to sporting events probably accounts for you know, maybe 20, 25% of their high school experience. And so it should definitely be, be covered all the time. Um, and so I thought that was a real interesting thought. Uh, I've noticed that you guys, you know, seem to do some really awesome uh, sports coverage. You guys seem to be very thorough. Uh, the reports that I see your kids do in your daily broadcasts um, are uh, just, they really know what they're talking about. Like they're very knowledgeable in the way they present the information and in the way they explain it and, and kind of narrate their highlights. Um, tell us about, you know, how you guys... Uh, how sports is a big part of your program um, and the success that you guys have had uh, in, in producing coverage for your school. Well, that has, uh, that has evolved as well. So, so be, in the past, um, our anchors would just, like our, on our broadcast um, journalism class or our productions class, odd or even days, so we're a block schedule, um, they would read the sports highlights or whatever we were doing in sports. Well, you know, like sports has a specific lingo, a, a lingo, a language to it, right? And, and if you have a person who doesn't really know sports and they're talking about an RBI or um, getting a sack and they really have no idea what that even means, they're just reading it off a prompter, well, it started to show with the audience and it, and it was not real, it was not authentic. So we, this is probably maybe Three or four years ago, um, I begged my principal. Um, I said, hey, can we have a specific sports dedicated class? And the kids who sign up have background in sports knowledge. I don't have to teach them the language because they know it. And again, my, the response from my principal was, 32 kids in it. We'll do it. You know, make sure you're accountable to the rest of the staff. We're in. So I begged and went around, and sometimes I would move kids through past broadcast one into broadcast two as long as they knew sports because I could teach them the video. And... Um, it, it's kind of just evolved and grown, and, and we had a lot of bumps in, 
and bruises through the first, I would say, three years because we, we had no identity as, as a sports program. So we originally thought, okay, um, we'll have one group do a feature story, one group do a sports promo, and then one group do a highlight package. And throughout the semester, there was no repetition. So if you did a feature story, the next time you would do a promo, well, you, you would never get to do two or three. So if you did one, you'd never get to do a second one to learn from it. So just this last year, we said, we're only going to do sports highlights. That way you could do six a school year and your first one, okay, that's a, that's a start. Now your second one will be better than your first, your third better than your second. So you're growing and learning in the process. And that's kind of been the evolution and how we've done our sports program. But I got to tell you, Kevin, I, this is kind of weird, but like during when we play the announcements, I'll sit and watch the kids and I'm always looking for their reaction. Like when are they focused and most paying attention to the daily show? Because there could be some monotonous parts of the show. And I learned from, from Doug at Carlsbad at one of his sessions, they try to do a lot of unpredictable content. So if the kids are watching the show Monday through Friday, if you have the same stuff in the show, like the same announcements from the teachers every single day, the kids understand the rhythm and the pace of the show. It kind of goes da 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 Da, 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 da. And then you lose the audience. So one of the things that, that STN session at Carlsbad is the kids said they do a lot of unpredictable content. So what you see on Monday, you'll never see again or Tuesday. And so I try to do that kind of stuff. And then so those sports highlights, um, we're going to air that one day and that's it. But Kevin, I was watching the group. This is sometime last year. And we did a story about a tennis match, a random tennis match against a middle of the road league game that we were playing. Nothing special. And as soon as the sports highlights, almost the entire class was then looking at the sports stuff. And I was like, wait, we just this awesome feature package about some local chef. It was a great story. And they were listening, but they weren't super engaged. But then the highlights come up and it was like, it was, it was, it was unreal. And so I've learned that we should maybe almost move sports up sooner, but we tease it twice so that you hopefully stay tuned and, and keep watching through the highlight package. Why do you think why, why do you think that was with that particular set of highlights? Why do you think that grabbed the kids' attention? I have no idea. And the same thing is about golf. And the same thing could be think of like lesser known sports that you maybe don't get to see. It's it's just sports. And like you were saying, that twenty five percent. And maybe to me that maybe that makes sense. It's like that maybe it's just what you're around or your your you see or you hear about. But man, when you play a sports highlight package, no matter what the sport is, the kids are locked into it. And then if it's, if it's one of like the main, what, what are kids consider the main sport, like basketball or baseball or, or football, it's like you shut it down. I mean, they're, they are locked in. If we, we play, when we play our sports highlights of football on the Monday or Tuesday after the game, um, they, they are watching the whole thing, no matter how long it is. It could be a three-minute long package. Nice. Well, I'm excited to uh, hear you talk about that, your sports class, because I'm actually, for the first time this year, we're, my class is starting a, uh, a specific sports class. Um, so I'm, uh, it'll be a new thing for us trying to have a whole period dedicated specifically to sports. So, uh, to hear you say that, Hey, that's what you decided to do. And and it's worked out well, that, that, that gives me hope and encouragement. But we have failed a lot like that. So, so last year, so we went from where you were doing a, a, one group was doing a feature and one group was doing a promo and one group was doing a highlight package. We said, wait, there's no repetition, not getting better. So the next year we said, let's just do all promos. We'll, we'll promo some sport coming up. Well, by the time you got to March, it was like, gosh, we've thought of every single storytelling promo idea you could think of. And that bombed. And so now it's just been recently. We're like, let's just do highlights because... There's, there's always going to be a game to cover because, um, you know, there's, there's 
games being played all the time. And we're not going to just cover varsity sports because you single out just one specific group. We want to try to be all-inclusive. So if you ever see, we have a scroll that plays at the bottom, and we put everybody's scores in there so that, so that even the freshman can participate and see you know, how his friend did or how he did in a sport or she. Nice, nice. Yeah, that, that just sounds... Uh... You know, like it's just sounds like a great, great uh, class, great way to really develop uh, your sports coverage. Um, tell us about like how do you develop your kids' uh, ability to write? Because um, like I mentioned before, that's one thing that really stood out to me, uh, particularly in your 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 sports segments of your show. It's your um, your full court press uh, is what you guys call it. Um, you know, it just seems like the you. Know, most the ones that I've I've seen, the kids just really seem to know what they're talking about. They seem to really have a rhythm for what they're saying, how to say it, how to deliver it. Um, you know, tell us is that something that you teach? Is that something that they uh, kind of seem to have an innate ability to do? Um, you know, tell us how you guys are able to to deliver written content um, and and how your uh, anchors are able to, to really deliver it on screen. It's so hard. I mean, it, it is. It is. It is a challenge. And we, I think we we are. You know, and on the message boards and things like that. You know, you know, they're talking about awards and contests and things like that. But I would tell you, we're 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 our hardest critic, and and I think the kids are the hardest on themselves. And they 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 are very thankful and they're appreciative of 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 any accomplishment that they get. It's kind of the icing on the cake. But they are always trying to grow and get better. And and when it comes to our writing and things like that. Like I, I felt like a couple of years ago, I felt super inadequate and like that I was not a very good teacher of, of writing and storytelling. And so I brought in a couple of the local uh, reporters and from one of our TV stations and I just, I just asked and, and took notes and, and really went back and listened to different podcasts of storytelling. There's a, there's a um, one storytelling podcast where the guy brings on different reporters and he talks about how they write stories and and um, I I, list, I read a lot of those Al Tompkins uh, books and and read anything that he ever posts and um, Les Rose was just on a podcast I was listening to he was talking about storytelling so um, I I feel like we're not very good at it and and we're always trying to get better because like and one thing I just learned recently I told the kids like just watch the here's what here's our the litmus test of of how good your show is watch the kids in the class. Are they engaged on the projection screen when your stuff is playing? And when is that happening the most? And one thing I learned last year was anytime we did a feature story about a kid who actually sat in the classroom, even if it was a story, we did a story about a kid who um, does archery and she has been pretty competitive in California and, and starting to branch out nationwide. And I was watching the kids watch that story about archery. And because it was a kid who was one of their own, they paid attention more. If we did a story about um, a community member who maybe was doing this fundraiser to help, they were making um, these stuffed animals that would, they would give to people who, their families of people who had passed away. Really cool story. It was like emotional. Less response, less reaction from the kids in the class, even though the story was very heartwarming, compared to if it was one of their own, someone who sat around them, it was awesome, and that has been that has changed a lot. We try to do a lot more stories of kids in our in our class in our school, um, but when it comes to the writing, we've evolved so much. I I tried to have a format where it was like, okay, we're gonna Dave Davis said we're gonna save a surprise. We're gonna have these sprinkle these gold coins through it, and then once someone once told me, well, what if they don't get to the surprise because the story in the beginning is not very good? I was like, dang it, I never thought of that. So, you know, and then I and then we try to work a lot on natural sound, and eventually it's just become this. 
this mission, this big bowl of ideas. But what it comes down to at the end of the day is, is, is it compelling? Is it interesting? Is there good natural sound? And, um, and we try to move more of the stuff that's interesting to the front of the show. And when it comes to sports, um, there was a core group of staff leaders in the sports class a couple of years ago that said, what does our audience really want? What will bore them? What is repetitive and redundant? Let's take that out. And um, let's just focus on what could change every day so it's unpredictable. And let's keep it simple. So when, when we start our full court press, we, if we have a highlight package, we're going to run the highlight package. Then we're going to say, okay, here's what sporting events are coming up. Um, and that'll change every day because the games are being played. So it's unpredictable. And then um, we are very – and so, like, wait, why do I care about the girls' soccer game? Well, you may not be playing girls' soccer, so you may not care. But you might have a friend who's on the team, so you might want to know when they play. And then you have a conversation about the game. So we thought, what, what are the things that our audience wants? And that might be different at your school or, or any other school that someone's listening to this. So that's the challenge. But we sat down and we said, what, is, what does our audience want? And that's kind of where our, our writing has evolved from that idea. From what I've observed, it seems like you guys have a – it almost seems like every kid has to anchor. Is that correct? Because it, it seems like you guys get a good variety of kids uh, on screen. Uh, is that something that you make a requirement? And if so, is that – you know uh, how, how effective have you found that to be in getting students to really develop their ability to – um, to narrate content. Well, it, that's hard too. It's it's like so if you if you were to back up and look at the backbone and the structure of my advanced classes and what makes up that daily show. So we have those three advanced classes that will have a product in Unleashed every single day. So one um, feature story, one commercial highlight package, right? So if you back that up, that we have four groups. So that there's 32 kids, right? And so there's four groups of eight in each one of the classes, and one week. The kids are assigned, they, they actually pick, they're not assigned, they, they sign up for a story they want to do or a commercial or PSA, and then they research it, do all the prep work for it, then they have a week to shoot it, and then they have a week that they're going to edit it and turn it in, so that's three weeks, and then the fourth week, they're going to air it and do the announcements. So of those four groups, there are two anchors in each one of them, so um, it's hard. In the, in the video production class, it's primarily boys, and you don't get a lot of kids who want to anchor. In the news journalism class, there are 32 kids. There are last year there were 30 girls, and um, we had 18 of them audition. So they want to be on camera. So it, it is a challenge, and it's it's hard because some of those boys don't necessarily want to anchor. And then um, we're going to have them do it regardless. So a lot of times you're not seeing our best work. We're not always going to to you know have take two star anchors and have them anchor every show. We're going to challenge and push the kids to. Um, if they if their self esteem or they feel like they can't do it, we're gonna push them to do it to have them believe in themselves, and then that kind of is kind of what our program is about. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of uh, go off on a tangent a little bit here on on what you just said, and this is in part because I actually just came from a professional development session where we were kind of uh, part of it. We were breaking down and kind of looking at the uh, the gender statistics in different CTE programs in our district. Um, what do you make of the fact that, because I've, I've, I've observed the same thing, what do you make of the fact that, uh, you know, a lot of times guys, they just want to work with the equipment. They don't, they don't really want to be the personalities. They don't want to be in front of the camera. That, that you know, just kind of seems to be something that, that the girls kind of tend to, to gravitate towards a bit more. Um, I certainly observed that myself. Going back to even when I was in high school, that was kind of felt like the, the way you know, things uh, tended to go. Um, what do you make of that fact, and, and is that something that 
you know, that uh, we should try to kind of, I guess, kind of uh, work against so that guys are getting, you know, developing their communication skills? Well, I, uh, two things. One, I was listening to this, uh, like I was talking about earlier, I was listening to this podcast earlier today with Les Rose, uh, who's always at STN, these awesome sessions. And um, he was talking, he now teaches at Syracuse University. And he, um, he was talking about how when he used to work with CBS and Steve Hartman, he's a photographer with Everyone Has a Story. Like back in the day, newsrooms were predominantly men. It was men, 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 smoking. It was driven by men like Ron Burgundy and, and Anchorman, you know? And, and there's been this shift and transition where he said it in some of his classes, he's got like 75% girls in the class. And uh, I don't really know what, what attributes that. I don't, I don't really under, know what, what the shift or how that happened. But I think sometimes, boy or girl, they come in with this preconceived notion. So, so in the news class, for the girls who want to be on camera and anchor, they'll say to you, well, I, I'm not good at editing or I'm not good at the computer. And, it's, and you, you must come in with this. And, this, and the boys in the production class will say, well, I'm not, I don't, I'm not good on camera. I don't want to be an anchor. But you, you got to step out of your comfort zone. You got to take a risk. And I think, um, and I, I push that really big on them. Is like, well, I think that you can do it. So here's how we're going to, let's take step one and let's see you try. Okay, now after you've taken that step, like I'm not going to touch the computer and the mouse. You're going to edit it, but we're going to build your confidence. We're going to build your self-esteem. We're going to let you touch the, we're going to let you put your toe in the pool and let you, let you sample, let you feel it before we push you in. To, to let you know that you can swim, you can do this. And I think that has just been it. And, and, um, and when you watch some of our stuff, yes, it may not be, in, and the kids are very critical of themselves, so they, they think they're not very good, but you're taking the risk and you're trying. And win or lose, you at least tried, and that's huge. All right. Let's uh, change gears a little bit here and uh, discuss um, your guys' involvement with the Student Television Network and um, just how have you seen um, involvement with an organization like STN, and I don't know if you guys are involved with anything at the state or, or local level out there in California, um, but how has being a part of an organization like that, how, how has that helped your program grow, and um, how, in what ways has that really helped give your kids buy-in? It's just, um, I love them, and I think it's, it's you know, I th- I think in anything in life, and, and you know as a sports fan, it's very easy, and I'm, a, I'm also a big Mets fan, so it's, it's very easy to take a very negative approach. Oh, they're, they're always going to stink. Their ownership stinks. But one thing we really push in the class is, is uh, we call it PMA, positive mental attitude. And we always tell the kids, like, you can go to these conventions, and, you know, you could not go to the sessions. You could, you know, you, even though you paid for it, and you could sit in your room, or you could sit by the pool, but if you're trying to get better, and you want to grow and get better, here's an opportunity for a week where there's people around who have business cards, who have contacts and, and, and people who are there because they want to help. And you may not win a national competition. Like we, we have gone to seven, um, STN conventions. And if you take away this year in the past seven conventions, we had won five national awards at those conventions. We're just like, we, I don't know if we're necessarily like, we don't get it. I don't really know the process. And you know, when you're in that ballroom too, it's like, a lot of the Hawaii schools do very well. The Missouri schools do very well. And I don't know really what is the difference, but we don't really focus on those closing ceremonies or, or put all of our hope in it. We, we have so much fun just being there and, and feeling a part of the energy that's in there. And the kids, you know, have face paint. And this year, some of the kids brought a cowbells. Like, they just love being a part of the energy. And so STN has provided us 
a place where when the kids come back after the convention, they say that was the best moment of their school year. And that's not going to happen in English and math. And, and not that, I mean, those core, elective, those core classes are, are the most important, but when it comes to a high school memory, STN provides them with that. So um, anytime they ever want help or they need help or, or I, I'm, I'm forever, I am who I am and indebted to, to people like Nancy and people like Dave because they help teach me how to be a broadcast teacher. And then STN gives my kids an outlet to express themselves. And it's not about the contest or, or, uh, or it is about the contest, but it's not about the winning of the awards. The contest of, of, you know, two years ago when we were at Atlanta, we didn't turn in for the sweet six, or the crazy eight. Two of them. We didn't turn in for two of them. And I promise you, when, when we came back the next year, the kids are saying, you know, we, we are going to make that happen. And they learned from it, and it was, it was huge. And I can't teach them that. So the opportunities STN provides, I, I can never repay them for that. And I, and I think they're great people. And, and um, I know that you could take a negative approach. Well, you know, a Hawaii school is going to win when you go. You're right. And when I watch it on the 20-foot screen, I look at it and I go, yes, that was amazing. And when I watched that documentary in Anaheim for the one that was about um, when they were on the kayaks in Miami, I was like, like, yeah, that was Christopher I, Columbus down here in Florida. They did. Yeah, that. are you kidding me? The story was amazing. So, are you going to take the negative approach? Well, certain schools win all the time. Maybe they do, but when you watch that story, I would win too if that if I produced that story, you know. Or, or the, did you watch that the one where the kid was going to USC? The the one I think the one the best story. The story of her. Yeah. yeah what like that? Like. I know. So yes. I, I funny funny thing about that is because uh, they also won the STN challenge in the fall. They did a film that was just a ama- Queen of Hearts won the STN challenge for best film. It was amazing, and it was just after the film excellence deadline. Um, I, one, of my, one of my students had stumbled across the story of her that they had just posted it, and so we watched it. And so we watched it back in December, and I mean, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is the best high school short film I have ever seen. Um, so I showed it to all my classes. We watched it like several times in some of the classes. And so it's kind of funny at convention because I was just, we were just sitting there like knowing hands down that movie is going to, we were just waiting to see how many awards it would win because we knew it had to win for best film. And uh, so it's kind of funny watching the whole ballroom react to it, knowing exactly like, I, I mean, I probably watched it a dozen times up to that point. And so it's kind of funny to watch everyone react to it. But yeah, just completely like uh, amazing and a great experience for the kids to, to be there in that ballroom and to see how their peers react to something like that. But one of the things too, though, is, is, is I've been, a, you know, I've been a part of other different organizations and we have like a local, um, uh, uh, Emmys that, that, you know, to give out those awards and stuff. Yeah, right. And, and the one thing that I really appreciate or that I, that I respect about STN and, and people say, well, the same schools win at STN. And it's like, I, I don't know, whatever you, you can take that negative idea. But, but also though, when you're at STN, you get to sit and watch it on the screen. So you may not agree, okay, maybe one might be better or whatever, but you see the work they do. When we turn stuff in for our local um, Emmy Foundation, which is like Northern California, all the way up Oregon, Washington, and, and Hawaii included, um, you, you don't get feedback. You have no idea what you are competing against, and you just get a, a certificate back saying you either won or you didn't. So, so at least with STN, you could, like you said, you sit that in that room and you get to see okay, well, I know what I submitted, and look at it. That is way better, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, and a point that I, something I want to point out to listeners is, uh, even though you were talking about how you guys have perhaps struggled a bit with contests at convention, 
Uh, I went there and counted to kind of see you know, what the tally was because I knew you guys won a bunch of STN National Awards in the spring, and you guys de- hands down had uh, the most of any uh, other school. I think you guys had like eight awards at the STN uh, Nationals, um, and I think the next closest school was probably Christopher Columbus with six. We can delete this part, right? <laughs> yeah, I can, but no, uh, probably not. Probably not. Uh, so I just wanted wanted to point out that uh, you know, even though you were talking about like how the students you know, may struggle a bit like at the convention, you guys have have definitely cleaned up uh, in a lot of the stuff that that you send in that you produce throughout the year. This this year, Kevin, though, was one of the years where um, you know, you same with you as, as a teacher, where uh, for for some reason something happened where there was just an immense amount of buy-in and the kids just went all in not only on the program but with each other and they were holding each other accountable and they were trying so hard and not to say that years past they have not tried but this was this was literally like not like 90 kids working as one and and all of a sudden when they when they just believed in each other not just what I was hoping they would do. It just, it, like, everything happened. It all clicked. And, and one of the things, there's a couple of moments that really stand out after the Excellence Award. And, um, you know, like, I, you know, we tell the kids, like, just be humble. Be, be, be thankful that you were actually there and you, you, got, you were in the conversation. And no matter what happens, you know what, we're, we're, having, we're had fun together. But I told, like, after we got done and, and the kids were lucky enough to win the Excellence, we went out into the hallway and that's, it's away from everybody else. So if they want to celebrate together, that's fine because they're not doing it in front of other people. They can give a hug. And after about a half hour, I said, okay, you know, we're doing room checks. It's 10 o'clock. We're doing room checks in about an hour. If you want to go hang out and celebrate with your friends and, or just go mingle with other kids, get out. Go, go hang out for an hour. Um, and they kept just hanging out and taking pictures and kids were crying. And 10.30 comes along. I was like, you guys, we don't have much time left. We're going to do room checks. Long story short, like the kids just stayed together because – and they wanted to go meet other kids like other kids at other schools. But they just wanted – they were just so thankful for, for each other and – and uh, it was it was it was a really crazy year when when our news class ended um, on our last day of school, um, the bell rang at nine oh seven and our next class starts at nine twenty three because they have a nutrition break. Well, it was nine twenty one when the bell rang for them to go. So they're not tardy. And 30 of the 32 kids were still in the room. And and it was they were just cry. It was just it was they were just so emotionally in. And I and I think I don't know how that translates into awards, but. It, they they told better stories because they wanted to do that for each other. And uh, one of the kids who is actually one for uh, Student of the Year, in an interview with one of the local TV stations, she said, "If if if we could, we're very competitive and we we want to do well with each other. But if we could all win first place, all ninety of us, that's what we want, not not us individually. And that was what our program was about. And and I I appreciate." You know, it's it's nice to hear you say those nice things about like how many awards they won. I didn't know like the specific number of stuff, um, but it was it was just a miraculous year of kids really buying in, and um, and I I hope it happens again. You know, and I'm thankful for it. And and one of the kids who won that award, that the National Student of the Year, Sarah, is someone who is is a huge part of not only just our program but my family. And she's she's babysit my kids, and she's she just really brought the the group together. So. I'm very thankful for them, and you know, like with same with you, Kevin. Like we don't, I don't shoot the stories. I don't go with them on the stories. You just have to hope it works. And and they were so accountable to each other this year. I think the awards just followed. I, you know, you you never know. You don't know who's watching them. You don't know who's critiquing them. You know. 
tell us about your uh, guiding philosophy, like kind of what um, coming into teaching and, and even now if it's changed since you first started, um, what is kind of the your, your mantra that, that you want to emphasize to the kids? What's kind of the, the foundation to your approach uh, to how you organize and, and run your classroom? I think if, if there's like a, like a mantra to it, we, up on the wall, there's, there's two quotes that hang above our wall. One says, one's like a, a famous journalism quote from Edward R. Moreau. It says, to be persuasive, you have to be believable. To be believable, you have to be credible. To be credible, you have to be truthful. It's, I think that's probably more impactful the, these days with all this fake news stuff. So we, we have a, in, in our core values of our program, we have a big push for telling the truth. And so if you ever watch one of our feature stories, guaranteed we're going to have three interviews in it and maybe that structure doesn't work as they get older they can change it and do as they want but we're, we're going to have the belief and the credibility that we're going to have an adult a student so you can balance out the opinions and the third interview they can do themselves so we have we we really push to be truthful to our audience we're not going to we're not going to fake an interview we're not going to stage an interview and then um one of the other quotes that hangs underneath that it says um, start working like you have something to prove, not like you're preserving a legacy. So the kids come into the room in 14 days, and they're not going to try to preserve what the group did last year, all those accomplishments that you just talked about. They're going to try to write their own legacy. They're going to try to make it their own year. And what we try to do every year is we try to bottle what happened and then put it on the shelf and say, good job, you guys, awesome, but we're going to start over. So what, when you say, Kevin, you've watched Unleashed last year, well, our graphics are going to be completely different because the graphics and the show you watched last year was last year's kids, and they want the group this year wants to create their own legacy. So we really push that quite a bit. Don't, don't just bank on what people did before you or, oh, great, you won the excellence the year before. Awesome. Well, those kids are gone. So you can't just say, well, we won last year. We're going to win next year. You're not. You, we start from the ground up. So um, that, that's kind of a philosophy we have. And then right as you leave the door, there's a poster that says uh, commitment to excellence. And, and as long as you commit to each other, like you're going to try your best, that's all you can ask. And, and we try to create a safe atmosphere. Like you, you can fail. Please do, because ultimately, what's, what's the consequence? You know, you're going to have to go reshoot an interview. Like, you're not going to get fired. Um, we're not going to yell at you. We're going to pick you up and say, let's, let's do it again. And, and if you need some help, we'll have, we'll have a staff leader go with you, you know. So I think those are kind of the three core values of our program is this idea that we're going to commit to excellence and hold each other accountable. We're not going to preserve what we did. Um, we're, we're not going to, we're going to try to repeat what we did last year. We're going to create our own legacy and we're going to try to tell the truth. Those are kind of the three things. Fantastic. Um, all right. You guys have an award-winning website, WCTV19.com, correct? Well, through ESE, they, they had, um, they had given us those, those accomplishments. Yeah. But we've never submitted anything for like, like for, um, what, what does STN do? Like the, the achieve, craft achievement? Yeah. The craft achievement, I believe. Yeah, so we, we, we had done a lot through ESC, and, and I would tell you as much as, um, as much as Nancy at STN and her team of people and, and the people who are there and Dave through Camp STN and, and the, the advisor workshop that he did, um, I would tell you ESC is, is another component of, ESC Network is another component of, of, of why I am who I am. And, and um, through their website, is, is, we have placed in a couple different competitions with them. And, and for anyone who listens to this, their, their customer service is second to none. It is, it's, it's, it's silly how, and I know that some people use them or don't, and you can, like maybe some people take a negative approach to it or whatever, but 
Um, you could literally call them 24 hours a day. They're the single nicest group of people who want to help you for free. And there are times where sometimes it'll irritate me because they'll, they'll take the computer over and they'll fix the issue and just do it. But I want to learn how to do it. I want them to walk me through the steps so I don't have to always call them and get help. But they're great, great, kind people. But literally, if you had a problem and you were teaching a class, they'll do a, um, a uh, uh, assist where they, they take over your computer, a go to assist, they'll take over your computer and they'll fix the problem as you're teaching and you come back and it's done. Like they are, they are, I am who I am because of them. Awesome. So there you go. ESC Network's a great resource uh, for uh, setting up and having a site for your program. Um, I know for me personally, we've got a, currently we air our show on a closed circuit network television. Um, but that closed circuit is uh, kind of dying because it's an aging system. Uh, so yeah. we're, we're intending on using ESE networks as a means to uh, stream or, or upload and, and distribute our, our content every day um, and, and kind of a way for teachers to access everything online without having to rely on a, a closed circuit system. So, but, the, uh, but, but one thing, though, with them is that is the customer service and the knowledge and and the and there and it's free it's it's like so so for you and i like for me i i was a photographer and i have to be the teacher i have to do the lessons i have to you know do the structure of the class how do i how do i be an engineer like i'm not a television studio engineer and those people will help you with anything man anything and and it could be like this a skype call they say put the computer point it at the equipment and let's walk through it like who does that you know for free yeah yeah. Uh, tell us about, you know, uh, so uh, I, the reason why I bring up the website is uh, it's just uh, another aspect of your program that it just seems you know, incredibly well organized and just very thorough. And um, and there just seems to be a lot of work put into it. Uh, so what I normally try to do towards the end of uh, each episode is is kind of have people tell us, you know, give us their plug, tell us like where uh, you know, people can go to watch their their students work. Um, you know, but I want you to kind of go into a little bit about like how, you know, the, the process behind just building and, and designing and, um, uh, and maintaining the website that you guys run, uh, because it is a really, uh, impressive site to go on for if people can go on and check it out. Well, when I first started a long time ago, you know, back in 2008, um, I wanted, I, so, so if we're going to be truthful, we have to be transparent. So I know there's a lot of different programs who do their own thing and, and do what they do, but I, I didn't want so, – so the idea behind, like especially for the excellence or different awards is you're not going to turn in your greatest hits or your best of or your best show. You're going to turn in the show that you did that day that you feel is probably one of your best for that semester, and that's it. And so we, we got really lucky a couple of years ago when we won the excellence for the weekly show. And then the next year we're like, okay, well, we'll at least have the best group of kids who do their feature stories. We'll turn that one in. And it bombed. It failed. Like they were trying too hard to place. And, and so we were like, listen, we're going to be transparent and we're going to turn in our best work. But to be transparent, we have to put up everything that we do. So maybe Nancy or whoever else is judging or critiquing our work um, may never look at our shows. But if you want to see what we do on a day-to-day basis and, and our failures and our growth, watch a show from September and watch a show from December and maybe even into to March or April, and you'll see it. We don't hide anything, and so I had to have a place to, to house it, and so I just found, um, I found a WordPress site um, and went through like GoDaddy um, and, and then had the kids. The kids really run it. They'll send me like an email of content and stuff, and I just kind of proofread it um, because it's very public, but they, they 
get the JPEG images that you see, the links, they upload the video, they, they run the ESE portion of it. And, um, and I, I also have a staff leader who's a responsible for that content. And um, they try to make it their own every year. It's like that same philosophy. Um, work like you have something to prove, not like you're preserving a legacy. And the idea is like, well, this is what the kids did with the website last year. What's my thumbprint going to be this year? And they, they try to add something new. Like this wasn't built in one or two years. It's, it's, like, it's like a progression over time of, okay, this is what we did next year. Now, how, now, the, now the senior who was a junior comes in and says, well, how am I going to make that my own? And they add a different element. And that's, that's kind of how it's evolved. And that's kind of what our website is. It's, it's just a basic WordPress site. Ben, any other uh, plugs uh, that you want to make, either for content that your kids do or, um, or just anything else that are, you you've, uh, think would be a helpful resource for teachers? Um, we use uh, Telestream and Wirecast, and those are another great group of people who uh, want to help teachers, and they, they understand it, they get it, um, and um, we reach out to them quite a bit whenever we have tech problems and stuff, and, and I'll be honest with you, like, like I, like I, um, we, we have built a strong program, but it, there's a lot of people who help and, and we ask for help and we follow the message boards and the listservs from STN and, and we just ask. And I've learned that quite a bit. Like people want to help you out. So ESC networks, Telestream and, and Wirecast, those are people, great people who want to help out. And, um, and I think another thing too is like, I think ESC has that grant in Florida, right? Where they, where they give you the equipment. Uh, well, as far as I'm aware, it's not equipment. What they're doing is they're offering to pay, at least through Student Television Network, they're offering to pay our um, annual membership. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's $90 awesome. right there. So Yeah, and, 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 my, and so the, the idea is, like, just let the kids try it. And, and once they build their confidence and they see they can do it, they want to try to compete and outdo each other. It's just human nature. And, and um, through time, that will grow. And there's going to be failures. It's technology. Just you have to accept that. And I think there's, especially with some teachers, even on campus, like, oh, the printer broke. Like, how am I going to do my lesson? Or, oh, the Wi-Fi is not working. Now I can't teach. Well, like, improvise and, and let the kids work through the issues, I think, would be my advice. Don't, don't give up on them because they're, they're going to, they'll, they'll surprise you at the toughest times when we didn't turn in for the excellence. Um, it was, it was a real low point and the kids will surprise you coming back the next day and saying, okay, let's learn from that failure, but not repeat it. So, and, and go to the, go to the ASB Dave Davis camps, dude. Those are priceless. Yes. Yeah. I talked with Dave uh, about that. He had just gotten done with, uh, at the time I talked with him, he had just gotten done with, with his out in, um, uh, Missouri. Um, and he was heading out to Connecticut, uh, to do the the one out there, so yeah. What 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 he does? So what what you and I do is we teach the kids, let's say, to do a feature story package, and then we have the go, them go out and do the feature story package. What is camp? He flips it. So so you want to learn and do the feature story package. He's going to make you go do a feature story package. So you're learning the skills and techniques that we want to teach while doing them and experiencing them. So when you come back in August and you're like, okay, kids, we're going to learn how to shoot video. Here's how we're going to shoot video. They're going to you know they're going to maybe say, well, how do you, do, why'd you do that? Or how do you do that? And you say, well, I did it. Here's what I did, you know? And there, boom, there's your buy-in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I thought one of the, the, the funnier and, and more interesting things that he mentioned was that there's a day where they'll, uh, or an evening they'll go out 
and just drop the teachers off in the middle of their town, and then like him and the other work, you know, uh, t- you know, instructors or whoever he has working with him, uh, they go and they go and sit down and eat dinner while the teachers are going around, you know, freaking out trying to find <laughs> trying to find interviews that they're going to get to to meet their deadline. So um, talk about uh, really really flipping it. That's that's I thought that was really uh, inter- interesting to to hear. Uh, it's it was it it is and I and I tell him every single year that I see him whether it's at STN or I'll just send him an email and and I'm just super thankful for him that 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 workshop and and for the stories and the stuff that he's puts online so he he's one that really taught me like you know being transparent he puts everything online you know you want to see it do it and and um and that that I'm super thankful for him and and especially that camp. All right. Well, final question that I want to get to here, Ben. Um, so same question that I ask uh, everyone. Uh, you know, when I get asked, uh, you know, what, what do I do for a living? Um, I always, you know, provide the same answer and I get the same reply. Uh, I'm just curious when, when people ask you what you do for a living uh, how do you answer that question and, and what do you, what's the reaction that you get back? Um, I'm living the dream. I, I, I haven't worked or t- I haven't, I haven't had a job in 17 years and I was at the local TV station today. They wanted to donate some equipment and they asked me the same question and, um, I'm just lucky. And they, they said, well, you know, those kids, they got a group of kids who came to help and they were like, well, they're so, they were so kind and they were so polite and they said, please. And thank you. And, and that is, that's what I do. I just, I, I, I hang out and, and work with kids and hopefully try to get the best out of them and, and push them to fail and push them uh, to, to beyond their own expectations. And I think that's what this, this job has afforded us and been lucky enough to do. And, and that's what it's about. And, and I, I, I've learned, uh, especially with having kids, my own kids, is that I just never take it for granted. And, and this school year was, was magical not in not so much in the accomplishments as in the awards, but what the kids themselves accomplished by believing in themselves. So I'm just lucky enough to, you know, I, I it's hard because in our emails, you know, you have to put our, like at our school, they want us to put a signature in. Like, what do you put? Am I, am I a broadcast teacher? Am I an advisor? Am I a video production coach? I, I have no idea. But um, I, I hope that when they walk out in May, that they have pushed themselves beyond what they thought they could do. Then we've won. Then we've won the award. Um, then, then we have we have um, we've done something productive. And and even if they hate me or they hate the class because it was hard, which a lot of kids say. And and um, my wife knows because we live in a small town, kind of like we, where you were talking about. Um, when when a kid when you run into someone in public and they say, "Oh, my kid was in the class," they either love it or they hate it. No one's really going to say, "Oh, Barnholt's really cool," because there's structure to the class. And and um, so. I would say that um, I'm, I'm lucky enough to give kids an opportunity to do some cool things, and maybe 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 that's a broadcast advisor, right? Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna leave us with a tear in our eye here for the uh, the end of this year. That, they, that... they they um so so when Sarah won um, broadcast student te- or broadcast student of the year for STN. And, and I never thought that was going to happen. I mean, you, you, she was actually the first person I've, I've ever even talked to a kid about, hey, you know what, let's take a risk and, and try to nominate one of us for doing that. And if we're going to do it, it's got to be, this kid was special and very unique. And, I, and you know, I have a lot of like, great kids, but she had really rallied this group of kids. And I said, if you, if you do place, even if you get mentioned with that group, just go back and look at the history of STN kids who have won. And you'd be a part of those schools and you have to represent STN in those schools in that way, and, and she will do that. But the local TV station came out, and, and I said to the, the reporter, his name is Mike DeSalle, I said, Mike, 
Um, do me a favor. You can ask me about the program. You can ask me about the kids, what we have done and accomplished. But let's just not ask specific personal questions about Sarah, and we'll be good. The fourth question in, he goes, so what's the impact that Sarah's had on you and your, and your program? And I was like, oh, I'm done. Like, and and then, it, then it aired a week later, and the teases were, tearful teacher says goodbye to student. I'm like, dude, like I got to go face like the football coach and my peers, and here you have this tearful teacher on, on the market 19 in Sacramento. Throw me a bone, man. But I was, I was really thankful, and I'm, I'm lucky, man. That's what I am. I'm lucky and, and humble that people want to watch our stuff and that you would reach out to us. Like, how, how does that happen, you know? Through uh, primarily through STN, that's that's how it happens. Kind of brings us all together. So, and tell and and as people watch this, man, go go to STN. Well, you know we're not going to be able to compete or win. It's not what it's about. Just go have fun and remember, it's it's going to be that no matter what happens there, win or lose, it's the moment the kids are going to remember for their school year. So, yeah, that was that was a big deal for my kids. The first year we went is it was a group of seniors and it was my second year teaching. And uh, it was like, hey, is this something you guys want to do? And they're like, yeah. And they worked hard to fundraise. We made it happen. One of the kids got the scholarship through CNN. So that kind of helped with our costs. And, um, you know, that was, uh, it was just the idea of getting there, just getting there and experience it and just seeing what it was like out there. It wasn't, you know, we weren't worried about winning. At least I wasn't worried about, you know, how my kids did, you know, in contests. Um, we just wanted to get there and just just experience um, the environment of it. So yeah, it, it is it is an it is an awesome environment. It is it is a place where it's like three thousand of the same type of people doing the same kind of thing. It's like it's like when you go to Dope Campbell to watch a Florida State game, you're all there for the same cause, and it's the same thing at STN. You're all you're all loving video, and you're and you're having fun. And and sometimes I think it takes a turn. Like, well, they won, or why they win? Like, who cares? Like. At the end of the day, when the kids fly home, they remember the experience of, of meeting other people who do the same stuff. Not, not that they won or lost. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, well, Ben, fantastic conversation. Uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, everyone, again, go to WCTV19 to check out uh, the work from Whitney High School. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. So that was my conversation with Ben Barnholt. Uh, you know how there are some people you talk with and you just totally lose track of time and, and all of a sudden realize how long you've been talking? Uh, well, uh, my conversation with Ben was a bit like that. Ben's somebody that I can guarantee you I'll, I'll have on this podcast again sometime. Uh, the conversation you heard was about an hour long, but uh, I'm pretty sure we Skype for an additional 45 min- minutes, maybe even another hour, uh, just talking with each other about a variety of topics. Um, although a portion of that was about Florida State football, so, you know, go Knowles. Uh, but I found myself answering a lot of questions from him. Um, just had a great conversation, so, so don't be surprised if you hear him on here again at some point here. Uh, we talked a bit in this episode about the, um, the gender balance in our programs, and for Ben, how it, it skews a bit more towards girls. Uh, but I know for several schools, and, and especially in my district, it, it definitely can skew heavily towards boys. Um, for myself, I, I tend to find that I have a higher quantity of boys in my classes, but I'd say I get my strongest buy-in from girls. Uh, But I just wanted to mention that that's a a topic um, that I think we could definitely go a bit deeper into uh, in the future. Um, And so eventually I'd like to do that on this podcast is kind of get into uh, addressing a little bit on the the gender balance in our classes. I I think that would definitely be interesting to, to talk about. So we mentioned in this episode how Whitney High uh, had won eight STN National Awards back in 2017. 
Well, in 2018, if my adding up is correct, uh, they won another eight awards. Uh, there are 12 categories uh, at the STN National Competition uh, that's um, available each March. Uh, five videos in each category place, so nationwide there are 60 winners total. Uh, and with eight winners, Whitney High School won more than 10% of all available high school awards in that competition. Um, they've won four Broadcast Excellence Awards as a program, including three in a row in 2015, 2016, and 2017. And they placed in three contests at the 2018 convention. As I said in this episode, I absolutely love what they do in their sports reporting. I highly recommend if you're going to check anything out uh, that they do, be sure to definitely check out some of their highlight packages. Um, they do a lot of things well in their broadcasts. It is just so professional in so many ways. Uh, the writing, the anchoring, graphics, the comprehensiveness of their coverage, the visuals. Um, but they've just done some fantastic sports coverage, and I definitely use it as an example for my class all the time. Uh, so be sure to check it out. And you can also follow them on Twitter uh, at WCTV19. Um, one last thing you heard us reference uh, was a short film called The Story of Her. Um, that short film was produced by West Ranch High School back in 2017. Uh, and next week, we'll be talking with their teacher, Jennifer Overtivest. Uh, for now, please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Share this episode with a colleague in your local area. And that's it. Guys, June is upon us, and I am on summer break. Today was my last day. I have no more students, no more grading, no more paychecks. Trading all that in for yard work, housework, and uh, I guess more time on this podcast. So looking forward to spending part of my summer with you all, and I'll see you back here next week.